30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. In the 9 o'clock hour, it is the open line hour. Our goal this hour is to answer as many questions from you, the Arizona homeowner, about your house, home, castle, or cabin. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. You can text questions to four one one nine two three, or you can send an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. New to this year uh, is our home maintenance calendar. So we do cover a maintenance uh, one particular item each week on home maintenance. You know, it's we don't always need a new roof every year. We don't need a new air conditioning every year. We don't need a lot of new things. There's a lot of Times where you go four, five, six years without needing to do anything on your home. But there's little maintenance things. You always change your new air filter. You shouldn't go five years without changing your air filter. And you got to clean the coils of your refrigerator, keep things running clean. And you, know, you just do these little weekly maintenance items, and it will keep you, it will expand the period of time that you've got to tackle on or take on big projects, unless, you know, you just. You know, lived in the house five, six years and decided you want a new kitchen remodel. Well, you know, you can do that too. I know a pretty good remodeler. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. We also do, and if there's any kind of promotion, we've got. Uh, this is the hour we do that as well. We have Diamondbacks tickets for September third. Is that Labor Day? Actual Labor Day. Labor Day. That's actual Labor Day. Uh, pitch is at five ten. These seats are $120, but uh, we'll just mail them straight to your home. And these are the ones I like the best because you want a parking pass. You get the garage and you can take the skywalk over. That's uh, That makes it a big improvement to uh, enjoying the game. I got to the attend game. the game in probably the same seats that you're giving away, folks. You, yeah, This is nice. They're it, good. They're, they're what, like uh, 18th row? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 18th row, seats one and two right on the side of the aisle. So mm-hmm. it's right, right above the dugout. Great. Great viewing. And it's almost better than row one because you're so close to the field, you can't always see what's going on out on the far side. Yeah, except for some of the ladies that have their cameras with them. And, you know, you get one of the Diamondback players, and they're they're trying to take those selfies <laughs> while they're warming up. And it's, it's, it's funny because they take about four or five and walk away from the fence and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's great. And, hey, listen, um, the Diamondbacks are in a hot race right now. So this is – this is the time to throw your support and go see some great baseball because they, they've, they've got a shot. They've got a shot to win the division. Oh, good. Well, good for them. So it is August, water month here at Rosie on the House, following our home maintenance calendar. And uh, if, you do, if you already are on the mailing list for your 2018, you don't need to ask for a 2019 one. We'll just send those on a yearly basis till you tell us to stop. It's something new that we developed for Rosie's 30th anniversary and it's something he's he had been playing with and toying the idea for a long time and finally so what's something special we could do as a thank you for 30 to everyone that has kept this program on the air and of all things we looked at and considered the the home maintenance calendar you know cream rises to the top and and this one just seemed to be the cream it was the one that everything kept coming back to and we're working on 2019s now it's going to be yeah, I'm not somebody that gets done with a project. As soon as I get done with it, I start thinking about, all right, how could we have done this better? How could we have improved it? Uh, you start and working with it and having it now for a year and the functionality, 
we're making some adjustments to just enhance the usability and the friendliness of the calendar and what it'll do for keeping you an active, engaged homeowner because it's it's the largest investment that most of us will make in our life. Yet, Gary, when you bought your first home, you know, did, did you have to go through any training? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, first off, it, it wasn't the prettiest home in the world, but it, it needed a lot of work. Um, but as far as training, I had yard work down. Of course, the grass hadn't been cut in a year. So that was, that first cut was mighty interesting. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it, it's something that anybody can just find the right home for your budget and style to move into and we often get into something we don't we don't have any idea how to uh control manage and the next generation uh is going to be even uh even more of a challenge for a lot of people that have grown up in a in a society where everything is done for us managing that home and not getting ripped off is going to be um part of you know I mean, there's always been a threat of being ripped off but you know, if, if you don't know how to um, if you've never painted your own room, stain your own doors. That's true. You know, all, mm-hmm. all these little projects, anyone you invite into your home, uh, you know, you've got the opportunity of, you know, what's that with the old car mechanic? Oh, you got any, your rotator splint needs to be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's only going to cost you $300 today. Well, you should. One thing I learned is if you're looking at a property, always get a good inspector, uh, a third party inspector to go in. And, you know, he'll look for something that you probably never thought of. And that that was a saving grace for me for my first house. And uh, actually, there were just a few things that I could have fixed that I was okay with. So, um, and the thing about your first home is there are two words I I say, learn and adapt. You know, there's some things you can do on your own. You and I have something in common when it comes to electrical. Uh, You hire an electrician. Because you don't want to, you really don't want to make a mistake in that area. <laughs> no, I, and I don't mind making mistakes, but that's not in a field that I'm willing to take exactly. that gamble. Mm-hmm. But you know, a paintbrush. Uh, if you've never painted a room before, you can go ahead and give it a shot. And uh, if it just doesn't turn out right, you can always paint over it. Uh, learn how to patch holes. Uh, that that was always a challenge for me too. But um, you know, I I, I kind of got very carefully good at uh, mudding and. Also, texturing walls, you know, just, and we're talking small holes, but as far as a large wall, a pro. Because texturing, one thing I learned about texturing, there are pros out there, and I can't even get close to what they can do. Matching it. And matching, too. Is the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you could always start one of those projects, not end up match, and then do the whole, (laughs) finish the whole room, (laughs) turn into a monster project. If it all matches, that's the biggest thing. Those drywall textures that don't match you know even if you've got a nice solid coat of paint over the top of it um and you've blended as best you can and when the light hits that in the right direction it sticks out like a sore thumb that Mm -hmm. that gaping void is there this i've got a dream on or a goal i should say on the next house not 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 i won't say the next house i'm going to build but i want to build as close to a perfect house as I can that would be something that would last for, you know, decades, um, as maintenance-free as I can get, um, as little reliability on 
electronics and power that you know uh, uh, is self-sustaining i should say you know, there's a technology and it's not very conducive to arizona because of our soils where you put these water reservoirs underneath your home and a small pump pumps water that's been built uh, through these tunnels that and tubes that run through your walls and ceiling and that pump could run off of a solar panel and it pumps through the walls and so the water goes down and it cools under the earth's crust to 72 degrees just you know you're not paying it it's just cooler under the ground so then this water is being pumped through the wall and ceiling of your home through all these tubes that are built into it and for the cost of running a small electric pump that like i said a solar panel can run it keeps your house at 72 degrees year in and year out a couple of pennies a day maybe even you know a half a month or something <laughs> like that but yeah. the infrastructure for that obviously is very very labor intensive you know what i have seen uh, when I moved to Arizona 21 years ago, I've seen some homes that look like they were built in the 60s, maybe, where the first floor is actually built into the ground. So when you walk in, you're actually walking into the second floor, mm -hmm. but the first floor is, well, it's not completely into the ground, but it's halfway. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I wish I knew the, uh, the, the, the geothermal the formula of how that works, but there's something about... Uh, burying the first floor or constructing the first floor into the ground to keep the uh, that works on the same principle as what you were talking about, and um, uh, I just found those houses fascinating, and they're still standing today. Oh, and some of the and <laughs> there's uh, a couple of those neighborhoods are getting ready to go under the historic registry, which is going to increase their value even more. But uh, so it will have this house all the infrastructure to run any kind of electronics and plugins that any normal house would but be able to run freestanding from any of these electrical components you know building in a uh, a wood stove into the kitchen for a backup that you could have in interior but then also being able to run off of gas or electricity as well you know just and and something that operates an environment and the layout of it I've been looking at it, and I'm, I'm going towards some type of circular structure. Um, the first time I saw a dome house, I thought, that is so silly looking. Who would ever do that? Well, if you look at what they call an earth roof, now start thinking about it from a dome shape. So you take this earth roof, and your garden's now on top of your home, and on a dome shape, you could take it all the way around the side and build a sweeping walking uh system on multiple different layers to the top so but the, the next house is going to be uh no drywall and no wood are my goals because that's the two things that constantly need the most repair and work everything's so, going to be built in with uh with masonry okay i was going to say block house yeah <laughs> yeah masonry concrete dome earth roof no wood and no drywall in this perfect concept of a of a maintenance-free home I've got. I don't know if I'll ever get it built, but this is things I think about while I'm working well, with. Well, just let me know when the open house is. I'll bring some food. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and a circular pattern, the reason for that is every your, your wasted space. Think about how much air we cool in hallways and 
breezeways and walkways and distance. Well, if you put the kitchen and the living area in the center and then put the rooms, whether it's a bedroom, shower, around the parameter, you maximize your, you know, you could fit what would take 3,500 square feet to accomplish and cut easily a couple hundred feet off of that and and maximize your area. You wouldn't need as big of home to fit all these rooms and accommodate because of the amount of hallway space and storage that just go away from a circular design. So that's a, it's a concept and it changes every time I get a pen and start messing with it. It's, but it's a lot of fun. We're gonna, the ultimate maintenance free home is something that, like I said, I, I don't know that I'll ever get it built, but it's something that I, I do have fun planning with. And this, this geothermal cooling of, running the water through the walls and the is very intriguing to me but all that stuff aside if you are in the car buying experience this weekend sanderson ford is stacking them deep and selling them cheap for their labor day sale they're open now open at nine o'clock this morning you can go out to 51st avenue just south of glendale and browse through their thousands of vehicles on their 65 acre lot there for selection but aside from a great deal in car buying, if you're looking for a great place to work, you know, th there's a reason there's multi-generation families who are working at Sanderson Ford. And it's all based on a principle that you hear them preach all the time. People just deserve to be treated right. And they, they treat their customers right. They treat their employees right. They treat their community right. If you're looking for a new career in the automotive industry, Sanderson Ford is hiring. You can get on site today uh, and just let them know you heard about it at Rosie on the House, and you're looking for a new career path. Sanderson Ford, 51st Avenue. All right, let's get rid of these Diamondbacks tickets. If you are a subscriber to our weekly email newsletter, there's a trivia question posed there, and I'll give this to you freebie. If you know this and you don't have the answers in our home maintenance calendar in August, so if you've got a home maintenance calendar, it'll be really easy to look at there and get the answer. But if you're really clever and you know the answer, well, you got a chance to win too. What is Arizona's official neckwear? Yes, we have an official neckwear here in the state. Text that answer to 411923 between now and the next news segment that's coming up here in approximately 6 minutes and 48 seconds. And a random right winner will be picked, and we'll send these to you. You'll be going to the Diamondbacks game Monday, September 3rd. Two tickets with a parking pass to the dugout box. Text, what's the official neckwear of Arizona to 411923. Let's get to Jim's question. See how we can help them this Saturday morning at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. Jim. Hi. Uh, yeah. Um, I um, we're getting ready to paint the exterior of our house, um, and uh, there's an awful lot of uh, trim work that we need to have done on the outside of it first. Uh, I want to get a new door put on, and uh, the cover for our patio needs to be rebuilt and everything. I'm just wondering, is there? Um, a contractor to handle both of those things or if I need to get if it would be better off factors one or two contract you you think the wood needs to be replaced on the patio completely um yeah 
How big of a patio are we talking? Um, it's well, the patio itself is about uh, ten by twenty foot, but the cover over it is only there is only about uh, 10, 10 by twenty or uh, ten by uh, ten foot. Yeah, there are contractors that can do both. Um, I don't know, depending on your time frame and your work parameters, which is better. But did you hear how he started his his comment? There's a lot of trim that needs to be painted. I'm telling you, my well, my perfect maintenance free house, house, no wood and no drywall. It eliminates both these problems. <laughs> you were saying? Uh, I, I I didn't hear that. What? Oh, 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 we were talking about painting uh, before we had you on the air too, oh. as well. So, by the way, I'm not available for painting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you can go to RosieOnTheHouse.com, put in your zip code, uh, and then type in general contracting, and the general contractors will show up. You could also go to patios. We've got a couple great contractors that specialize in just patio work, get the patio work done, and then get a painter out to do it afterwards. That might be the better route um, at this current time in construction and economy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's looking for additional workforce to bring on. Most general contractors, uh, you know, they're working on bigger projects, so uh, putting a smaller one like that into queue would be, in a lot of cases, uh, better to pick individual tradesmen that specialize in uh, carpentry work and then get a specialized painter out there, get individual tradesmen, would probably be the faster way to go right now. Um, but we'll get you the names of the contractors that are on Rosie on the House to you here during the break and off air if you go to rosieonthehouse.com any contractor on that network is licensed bonded and been insured licensed bonded and insured bondable somebody was uh the 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 bonding could be a whole hour by itself it's just so boring to talk about that um so it's not you're bonded you're bondable very technical, uh, labor, blah, not in the labor, uh, legal, blah, 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 blah. Licensed, bondable, and insured. They've been in business locally here in the state for five years. You can't just move in and say, hey, I've been a, a painter in Washington for 25 years, and I've moved down here because I'm retiring, but I'm still going to keep up uh, for the weather. And it, Painting in Washington is a whole lot different than painting in Arizona, so you have to be in business locally five years. Uh, they're background checked. When you go to rosieonthehouse.com, a new feature that we're bringing in uh, and we've been phasing in as part of the qualifying process, but now the ongoing process is there's a third-party company called the Guild Quality. You know, you go to Google and you can see reviews that are posted on Google. You can go to any, you know, Yelp, all these other sites. All those reviews are posted to that company's website. What we're doing is we're bringing in customer reviews and surveys through a third party called the Guild Quality, and they're still all five-star. We're not managing the surveys and reviews. We're sourcing that out to a third party, so there's a complete separation of church and state. Rosie on thehouse.com. They've all signed a code of ethics and a complaint resolution policy as well. So it's the safest place you can go for any contractor you need for your house, home, castle, or cabin.
on a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. You never know what topic is going to spawn or how it, uh, where the conversation will go. This concept we were talking about on this perfect home, maintenance-free home, I said no drywall, no wood. I, I should probably clarify just a little bit of that. Definitely the, uh, no structural wood. The cabinets are still going to be wood. Uh, the interior doors are still probably going to be wood. I love the look of a stained, finished wood. And there'll be lots of decorative wood. Uh, one of the neatest homes I've ever been in had a wood ceiling that they had tongue and groove uh, faux finish on the ceiling that just added an incredible uh, 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 sitting environment in the den that was just gorgeous. And you sit there and you just stare at the ceiling for hours. And because it will be maintenance-free and it's going to be heavily concrete and cement products. And, and another one, have you ever heard of the rammed earth? You can look online and just type in rammed earth. You can type in earth roof homes and see some of the, the concepts that we're putting into this maintenance-free home. But in a rammed earth, these walls are forms that, you know, they may be 18 inches wide and they take the dirt that's on site or they import dirt and they add concrete bonding agents, cement, and they've got a little pneumatic tool that just beats it all. It's like a, uh, a handheld sheep's foot. And these forms just get built on site and in place. So there's a lot of different aesthetic things you can do. It's not just concrete. It's not just block. There's a lot of uh, a lot of different ways to incorporate uh, dirt-based products uh, that will last years and years. I mean, when you go look at any type of ruins from ancient civilization, it's all rock, dirt, that uh, building techniques and science that are left. You never see anything left. You know, how, how long is a barn, a wood barn going to stand out there? I'm not saying it's not cool looking at a hundred-year-old barn wood uh, that you find out in the White Mountains, but you're not living in it. You're not going to go in there. It's not structurally sound. You know, the next winds could probably knock it over. What's left? The pyramids, uh, the adobe buildings in Casa Grande. Uh, masonry products are what stand the test of time. And if you look at this Something interesting that happened, and we were talking about, and uh, Lister called in that was pointing out, what did Greg Peterson do last hour? If you were listening, we had Farmer Greg in, and he bought a thermal heat gun, and he was measuring the temperature of soil in his yard that had no shade, straight sun exposure, and the soil was 140 degrees. Now, he goes and he takes that and he puts it on something that's in the shade. He's under 100 degrees. He was close to 92. And then underneath his sweet potato vines, it was in the 80s. Well, so you take this concept of a masonry home, thick walls, and then you add the concept of an earth roof home, and you put your gardens on that. Well, now you've got this wall and ceiling mass of up to 18 inches thick that you now put your 
garden, and, and it doesn't have to be sweet potato vines. I mean, it could be any type of, of ground cover, earth vines, and a different variety. Some of the examples that they have uh, when you do an earth roof home, you know, some of them are lawns, some of them are built into the mountains, some of them have row gardening on top. Well, so now you've got this thick, thick earth mass of 18 inches, and you've got this ground cover on top, you're trying to cool a space inside your living environment that's already naturally going to be thermally insulated uh, much lower than the 140-degree temperatures that the outside surfaces heat up to that you're standing in a 115-plus-degree weather. It's, It's a level of efficiency that is provided for us. There's no amount of... Uh, cellulose, foam, uh, blown in, uh, ductwork, energy efficiency, all these things that we spent all this time in research developing and enhancing, trying to maintain a comfortable work environment that, that was already just in the soil by itself. It's, I, would, I would suggest not using artificial turf on the road. <laughs> That's kind of the complete opposite of it. But, you know, a lot of what you're talking about is being done in San Francisco. Uh, I have seen... Uh, Apartment buildings downtown that have used, uh, and even some lower apartments that have used a, a grass roof to cool off, seems to be efficient. It's it, it's an interesting concept, um, I, and I really I, it really intrigues me. I spend a lot of time th- thinking through it, and it it's always when we talk about this on air. And I'm sorry, I, I will get off of it. I get sidetracked going down this bunny, tra- bunny trails. The <laughs> amount of information and feedback that it spawned from the listener that, hey, you know, we heard you talking about this and the ideas that we get from the listening audience that go into it are, uh, are, are a very fun factor of it because it's the amount of design, the amount of possibilities that are in this concept are almost endless. And I... I I really, I, I keep getting high center. I know it's not efficient, the, the, the geothermal cooling where you're running water down because of our soils and blah, blah, blah. But, man, to cool a home in the desert just by circulating water through the tunnels that's been built into your home with a solar panel and a water pump, I mean, think about what that would change and the way of electric consumption and dependence on that just simply by by changing the, the building structure. Mm-hmm. Now, it's cost-effective to slap together a stick-and-stucco home. That's why we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. this type of concept at home is, one, you're never going to get a mortgage on it. I and know what? you think, what, what, what? There's no mortgage company that will write a mortgage – uh, contract on a home in Arizona that doesn't have central heating and cooling. So you're designing this concept to not need it, but then you can't get it funded. So it would, you would either A, have to build in an air conditioning system just for the sake of being able to get a loan, which only adds to the cost and the concept of this is getting away from the dependence on that. Kind of very counterintuitive. I wonder what the resale value of that would be if you were to sell it. It would take the right buyer. Yeah. Um, it's not one of, you know, a typical buyer, hey, I need a house. and <laughs> Okay, this will do. No, this is one that would, you know, you would probably have a, a, a consumer that a consumer base that would be relatively small that would know what they're getting into. Originally, 
at the beginning, but I think as uh, the concept grew and you would see the value and the long-term cost savings uh, that you would have and the, the reduction in your monthly bills that you wouldn't have it, you know, it, it, it could it could gradually phase over time. Mm-hmm. Or at least the concept of thicker walls, you know, trying to put a two by four with an inch of foam, an inch of stucco, a, core, a half inch of drywall, and expect to be able to maintain any kind of comfort and 115 degrees, that concept would gradually start. And then <laughs> I even saw a billboard one time. It was the most, I can't remember who it was for, but they were bragging that they were built with two by six. Now, two by six, okay. Can studs you instead it? of two oh, by four studs. Okay. They were bragging it. Well, we build our homes with two by six studs. I'm like, two extra two inches a make a difference? Well, okay. A two by four is not really a two by four. It's one and a half by three and a half. A two by six is the same thing. Take a half inch off of all, okay. all of those. All right. Oh, I just, I, <laughs> the, the concept of, of trying to, you, you, we're, we're creating, Klim said at best, of quality block. He said 50 years ago, and he said this 20 years ago, so I'm updating it real time. 70 years ago, we were building homes with masonry. And fences out of block. Now we're building our homes. I'm sorry, um, out of wood. We're building our homes out of masonry and the fences out of wood. Now we're building homes out of wood and blocks out of fences. The only thing we're leaving for the next generation is some really nice fences. (laughs) (laughs) You look at a remodel of a wood home that's 40 years old. They're taking it back down to the concrete slab. That's a, a, a significant expense because it's not worth trying to do an add-on on something that's. And, and with a block and, home now. And they're going back uh, with wood again. Yeah. I'm like, do you not see how counterproductive you're being? And with a block home with the technology and foam and insulation, uh, you know, because block uh, does retain heat. and I have a block house. Let's put it that way. And. Uh, it, it does get pretty toasty to the touch. I wouldn't say like you couldn't fry an egg on it, but uh, I have a neighbor who put foam into his block in the house to, and and his he said it, it was a night and day difference. When the AC can shut off at four in the afternoon for about twenty minutes because the house is just right, yeah, you're gonna see some money saved. You know, we were talking about big goals. Greg, Farmer Greg had a goal of making Arizona a self-sustaining food city mm-hmm. by growing its own. I, yeah. You know, if if I could be king for a day, I don't like to mandate things. I don't like to tell other people what to do. Man, I would change the building codes. If you're going to build a new structure in Arizona or you're going into remodel, you're using masonry products to invest in the future of the next person, the next generation, the next family that's going to inherit this home, not the next one, but the next five. And we're talking about building and waste and being able to use a material that's going to last hundreds of years instead of a couple decades. You know, you're cutting your waste and consumption down significantly. I, I would I would go to all, uh, and, and I shouldn't say just masonry. You got masonry, you got concrete, you have rammed earth. There's a lot of different soil-based building materials that... Uh, could solve so many different problems. And, and the amount of work and effort that people go into to become Energy Star certified on a stick and stuck at home, when all of that just gets solved by <laughs> using your block as a foundation, which is a topic next hour. 
Bob Brown of Arizona Foundation Solutions will be joining us. He's got a special guest and an engineer talking about the foundation. Our home's only as good as the foundation. And this whole time I've been talking about walls and roof uh, materials for the exterior of our home. But it's still only as good as the foundation it goes on to. And because uh, Arizona's of extremely unique soils, we've got underground water, we've got the rainwater on top, we've got irrigation. The lack of water causes a lot of water problems in Arizona, believe it or not, because when uh, of the extremes of when we have it and when we don't have it, what that does to the soils and the heaving and expansion. So all those things will be covered here at Rosie on the House in the next hour with Arizona Foundation Solutions. If you've got a question uh, or want to know about your foundation or suspicious your home may be shifting or settling or heaving, uh, you can notice that by cracks at the corners of your windows, cracks in your drywall, if you've got grout lines in your floor uh, that are cracked. If it's following the grout lines, it may just be the cracking grout line. But if you've got a crack through the tile itself, telltale sign there may be a foundation problem you can talk to bob brown by jumping on the line now one 767 4348 i said i was gonna get off it but gary's Gary's saying I need to take the call that's going to keep me on this topic. Yeah, You never know where the conversation's going to go or what input you get from the listening audience. So one one more segment on, on this sermon of uh, building practices, I guess I would say. We have Dennis calling from Tucson, who's in a rammed earth home. Good morning, Dennis. Yes, good morning, good morning. And when I say in a rammed earth home, I sold it a few years back, but I lived in it for 17 years. Actually, it was the very first one of its type in Tucson. Uh, when I was listening to your program, I noticed you were talking about 18-inch walls. Mine were 33-inch walls, um, roughly about a 2,000-square-foot home, and I had 500 tons of earth and rock uh, in those walls. Okay. Um, now, were you the builder? I was not the builder. I okay. was not the builder. I did get to know the builder. Um, he came on out. We had a chance to talk about the house and, and uh, spent some time with him. I was actually the, the first owner had bought the house, built the house, was very excited, and then as soon as he built it, the, uh, he got transferred. And had to leave the state, so I was actually the second owner and ended up picking it up, but loved the house. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, what was interesting about the Ramdorth home was the fact that um, it was so thermally efficient that I live in Tucson. Um, it actually, the house was actually built with a south-facing exposure intentionally to go ahead and to pick up the, um, the sun on that because we actually used the sun to thermally heat and cool the house. And the house itself, um, it, uh, during the summertime, was about 78 degrees. During the wintertime, it was about 68 degrees. Um, all we had to do was use ceiling fans to go ahead and to uh, keep ourselves, keep the air moving because it's 78 degrees in a closed space. It is warm. Um, but otherwise, it wasn't necessary. We did not have a heating system. We did have evaporative coolers that were put on there, but uh, we realized very quickly that it was defeating the purpose because as soon as you turned them on, you were actually bringing in the outside air and you were having to open windows to do that, and you would break the thermal seal. And so uh, it really, but certainly in the wintertime, it was absolutely awesome because all winter long, we didn't have to worry about it because the house uh, heated itself um, just by virtue of its exposure and the way it was designed. It didn't have to, uh, we didn't have to rely on any heating system. I agree totally with your comment that was made earlier about the insurance. We had a very difficult time getting insurance. 
because the insurance company that we were working with actually was based out of Chicago, and they said, we think you're trying to cheat us because there's no heating system. We said, and, we, and we said it was passive solar. Come on, the house heats itself. And he said, I totally understand, but he said, you need to realize we're in Chicago. We can't relate. So, uh, But we eventually did get it. We eventually did get it. But it was uh, it was a chore. It was a chore. But um, the other thing, too, is that the house itself, roughly about a third of it was actually buried in the ground. So we actually took advantage of more of the thermal effect there as well. And uh, uh, it was actually the, the lot itself was sloped, and so they just kind of cut into the lot and then put part of the house in the ground. I, I, uh, I got to know, what were your bills like, electric bills? You, you know, the difficult part was is I had a lot of lighting and I had some other things, but, but no, the, the bills were not bad. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, we're talking about $100 or less a month for electric. So, okay, you know, so you can go out to dinner, I don't know, once a week now? Or so. So. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, but it was it, it was a, it was a great experience. I mean, my kids learned that uh, it wasn't appropriate to run into the walls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were very unforgiving. And the other thing was just too, I realized that I was really kind of stuck. Um, you know, where all the um, uh, uh, electrical outlets were and whatever that was going to be it. I wasn't going to be able to do any rewiring in the house. But, uh, without but, furring anything out, because your, exactly your exactly. interiors was, were all the rammed earth exposed. I'm assuming exactly, exactly. It was, and, and on the outside, on the outside, you would never recognize the house. You would never find it unless I told you where it was, because the outside looked like a conventional Southwest home. Um, look very nice. Again, you know, a lot of people were thinking uh, rammed earth. That must look strange. It doesn't. The only way you really knew it is when you walked in the house. Um, we had window seats because obviously with the walls being 33 inches, we could every window was a window seat. But uh, you know, it was there. And then um, the windows themselves kind of function as solar collectors. The the um, the, the heat in the winter time. Uh, the, the way the roof came down is the roof angled over the windows. So during the summertime, when the sun was hot, uh, the sun never touched the windows. During the winter time, when the sun was low, it was on the windows all the time and heated the house. So the windows functioned as solar collectors and allowed us to heat the house that way. And it really, it worked beautifully. It worked beautifully. Again, as I said, we enjoyed it for 17 years. And again, the size of this home? About, I'm going to say around 2,000. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was right around 2,000 square feet. Yeah. And what size lot? Well, it was about, it was a one-acre lot, one-acre lot. Well, I won't put you on the spot, but don't keep them on hold. I'm curious just what that sold for. You know you know what? Um, what happened was is that, unfortunately, we had to sell at the very bottom of the market. Mm-hmm. We had to sell at the bottom of the market, so it was closer to half a million. So Okay. 500000 You know, that's a yeah. – there's a, there's a lot of production homes going up close to that range on smaller lots. Yeah. I mean, the house might yeah. be a little bit bigger, but, uh, I mean, that's that's not – completely priced out of the market. I know I know there's a lot of people back in nineteen forty two I bought my first <laughs> yeah. home for thirty two thousand dollars. And cars cost well, two thousand dollars market too. it was worth quite a bit more than that. And then when the market came on down we sold it in I, I don't remember what it was, two thousand nine or something like that. But anyway it was just whenever it was it was it was it was a little while back. But it was just you know, it was it was a fun house. I, I you know I really enjoyed the house. Now being what what's the home you're living in now? Uh, the house I'm living in now is, is really more of a, a frame construction. It's an older home um, built in, and uh, it was built in this probably late 70s, early 80s, something like that. Um, so and, living uh, in both of them, if you were going to start from scratch and design and build your own home, what would you do? In the desert, I, I really, I, I would build a thermal, I would build a thermal home very much like I had. Now, obviously, technologies have improved tremendously. 
Um, you know, with the new block that's available today and whatever, you can get away with 18-inch walls. Back then, we didn't have the, the block available, so we had to go with the thicker walls. Well, I've got to hold you right there, Dennis. I appreciate the call. Next hour, Bob Brown, Arizona Foundation Solutions. we got to have a strong foundation no matter what type of home.